Welcome to the Mind Talks podcast, you're with myself, Nathan, and my co-host, Edwin. Our special guest is a world-class gymnast. Starting at the tender age of six years old, she caught the gymnastics bug early on. In 2008, she won her first all-around title at the Emerald Team Challenge. A year later, she was awarded a gold medal on vault and a silver on the floor at the state championships. At 10 years old, the precocious talent reached a level 10 status. In 2014, she joined the junior USA national team, helping her country achieve gold at the City of Jessalu Trophy. She moved up the senior elite level in 2017 and was invited to attend the World's Selection Camp. In 2021, she went 24 for 24 for the season and she has just returned from Tokyo and helped Team USA achieve a silver medal. A warm, warm welcome to Jordan Charles. How are you, Jordan? I am good. I love that intro. That was amazing. Uh, wow. <laughs> I was saying to Ed that actually the intro could have been about five to ten minutes um, before recording. You have had your accolades is is unbelievable. Um, I think it's right that we should start off and say um we really really thank you and appreciate you um coming on we are definitely in the midst of greatness and yeah we're just trying to unlock um that mind of yours so really want to start right uh you know really start from the tender age of six years old when you got into gymnastics what was it that got you hooked um can you think of some of the factors that really got you hooked what, what was it exactly so basically, nothing really ever got me hooked on gymnastics. There was just the thought of, wow, everybody's flying. And I love superheroes, so I just thought of, okay, maybe one day I can be a superhero. You know, this <laughs> young mind days. So it was really cool just to be able to actually do something that not a lot of people can say they can do. Yeah. It's definitely um, a huge thing just to be like, you know, yeah, I can do a flip. Like, can you do a flip? Like, it, I just, just the thought of everything just made it seem like, okay, let me try this. Um, but those young days, I really wasn't paying attention to what made me get hooked onto it. It was more yeah. of a, how can I be in a sport and stay productive? Okay. And did you play any other sport when you were younger? I did. I used to play softball and I used to run track. And I also used to dance. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> um, so obviously you're known, you know, as a as a gymnast. But was there anything that you learned in softball and track? What were some of the, I guess, skills that you learned? Or is there any advice that um, someone had told you in those sports? What did you learn? So in track, basically, it was just like running. I was really, really good at sprinting. And so okay. I loved just the thought of who can run down to the finish line the fastest. So that's why I kind of love track. I mean, if gymnastics wasn't a sport, I would definitely do track. Mm. Um, but with softball, I knew, I knew how to hit, like, really good home runs. And I was fast, so getting those first, second, third, and home base hits was just, like, a huge thing for me. But I would, didn't really like being in the outfield. I would just sit there and, you know – pick daisies and do a bunch of cartwheels and <laughs> a lot of people 
a lot of people noticed that, and so they were like, this girl has more to her than just hitting a ball. So we tried other things, and that's what happened is gymnastics came up in the midst of everything. And with gymnastics, at what point did you start to think that I can take this a bit more seriously than just basically just having fun at first? I didn't really know how serious it was going to get until like the age of 12. Um, it took me a while. I would just, I love competing. I'm a competitive person. So I just love going out there and competing and having fun and just enjoying the moments because I was really young. I just was out there doing what I thought everybody else was doing. And so by the age of 12 is when I really actually was like, I'm actually in something really, really deep compared to what I was before. And so that's when I really noticed everything was changing. That's interesting because, you know, in the intro, I mentioned you being a precocious talent. So, you know, um, at 10 years old, you was already, you really reached a, a level 10 status. So how, I guess, maybe yourself or maybe your parents, what influence did they have on you to, where they were almost shielding the, you know the obvious it was obvious that obvious talent that you had because I'm sure that they were people talking about you and and saying this is the next big thing so how did you shield yourself away where or how did your parents shield you away where you was just enjoying yourself but equally you having this 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 talent um well beyond your your age I didn't pay attention to winnings the medals any of that I just paid attention to how good I was and how I can make myself better or even like a better version of myself so I can progress in becoming who I wanted to be and mm -hmm. so with my parents it was more of you know just stay focused just enjoy the time being of what you love and what you want to do and yes if people say you're good or this or that just try not to get too much into your head about it mm -hmm. so you're not out there just you know, I don't want to say ruling the world, but that's like kind of like that, you know. Um, so that's kind of how it was. I just didn't really pay attention to all the knickknacks and, oh, you're this, you're that. And, yeah, thank you. Like, I would just say thank you. And I would just continue on with my day. Hmm. Seems that even, even from a young age, you're all kind of very driven and focused. So you... With, with all that everyone was saying, it was like, yeah, tunnel vision. I've got, I just want to make myself better. I'm going to keep on trying to do it. I'm not going to listen to what anyone's got to say, which is which is very important. Yes, 100%. I do agree with that. A lot of us athletes do have that tendency just to be in a tunnel vision. It's not on purpose. It's just the fact that we're trying to get to a place that we know we can get to. And we have such huge and amazing dreams out there that, you know, we can just hope one day that we will achieve them. So when it comes to, oh, do you want to go to school party? Or, oh, you want to go out to dinner with friends? Like, yes, we want to, but we know we have a job that needs to be done. And we're just going to stay focused and politely say, sorry, I have practice or sorry, I need a rest for the next day. Do you remember the first flip you achieved and how did it make you feel? I don't remember the first flip mm. I achieved, but a lot of the things that I did I taught myself so okay. I would say the first thing that I taught myself was a back walkover and okay. I was really really excited because I didn't know what I did until my uncle he used to be a gymnast and he was like well you just did a back walkover and I was like what and so then I just <laughs> kept doing it over and over again so 
that was really, really exciting. So, but yeah, a lot of the things I did was basically like I kind of taught myself at a young age. Mm. When you were going through practice at a young age, has, has much changed from the time when you started um, in terms of how intense it is? Um, everything went pretty quick for me. So my first rec class, there was a bunch of coaches, like head coaches at that at my old gym that was just like, you need to put her on a team. She's very, very gifted and talented. My mom was like, she's just here to have fun. Like, <laughs> I just need all of her mm-hmm. energy to get out. And so they were like, no, like actually put her on a team. So about a week after I did rec classes, I was on a team. Um, I really, you know, I was young, so I really wasn't like paying attention like I, I should be. But I was also like looking at the older girls, seeing what I could learn from them so I could teach myself. So it was like, you know, just I was on pre-team, so practices weren't too long until I got older and it continued the hours and days just kept getting longer and longer. In the early stages, um, how was the team dynamics for you? How did you settle in? Um, was there any, um, was there a specific time limit or did you just settle in naturally? I think I settled in naturally. I'm a hardworking person, so whatever I put my mind to, I'm going to finish it out. I don't like starting something and not finishing it. So when it came to the sport, like I knew I had something to finish and being put into the team part of everything. I knew I was part of a team, so I knew in order for us to do great things, I needed to stay focused and do what I needed to do. Being in a team um, environment, was there any time in that environment where you felt that there's certain people in the team who are not part of the team? Um, yes and no. Um, at that age, sometimes everybody would get into like random arguments and I'd be so confused because I was still young. Um, but it was just because either they were going through situations that I just didn't understand or they were much older than me because on the team that I was on, I was the youngest one there. And because I progressed so fast. So everything was just like, you know, drama. Gymnastics is just drama and gymnastics a lot, like a lot of the time. So that was just what was happening. Some girls ended up quitting. Some girls ended up staying. So it just depend on how their lifestyle was going and how they wanted to pursue what they felt like needed to be done. Yeah, I think that kind of leads into my next question because that's what I wanted to ask. Because again, it goes back to your talent. You were extremely talented and gifted. So you being the youngest on the team, how did some of the older girls take to you? And rather than just focus on the negative, was there an old, maybe do you remember in your early stages where there was uh, an, an older member of the team, but actually took you under their wing? Took yes. you under their wing, yeah. Yes, I actually did have a couple older girls that took me under their wing um, because they knew how gifted and talented I was. And so they wanted me to make sure I was like focused and was doing the right things and not getting in trouble and just making sure I knew what I had to do. Um, I mean, and then there were some that didn't really appreciate it, but you know, yeah. there, there's there's those people in the world, you know, there's those haters and there's those, I call them bully bots, a bunch of bully bots that are just mm. out there. So, um, but other than that, yeah, I had multiple people that took me, they were just like, come on, let's go. And I would just follow them around. They would teach me things. 
the do's and the don'ts. So it was really cool considering that I was the youngest. But, I mean, sometimes I wish I was kind of your age because I'm like, man, like, <laughs> I'm the youngest here. And I don't understand anything you guys are saying. <laughs> as, as you got older, how, how did you, you kind of touched on it before, but how did you balance training with life? Because as we get older, more and more stuff comes into our life than when we were a child. How, how did you manage to find that balance? So, crazy thing, I actually went to a normal school. You don't hear a lot of gymnasts say that they went to normal school. I am a social person, and I, in order for me to function, like, truly, truly, I needed the education. I wanted to learn. I wanted to be in the classroom environment. Like, I'm a visual learner. If you show me something, I will learn it that way. So, that's what I needed to happen in. I went to school, actually, so I was able to actually go to school dances. I was able to graduate with my class. I was able to do a lot of things, go to fundraisers, go to field trips. Um, and it was something that I never thought I would be able to do, but I was happy I did because how I am today is because of what happened in the past. Yeah. And I'm just really happy that it happened in that way. Um, but other than that, besides not being in school, I mean – I would find ways to hang out with friends. I would find ways to just make sure I was still a kid and not having that taken away from me. Mm. What were your favorite subjects in school? I love math. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I love mm. math. Um, I was really good at writing essays. So writing, writing was something that, because my brain was so like, I was able to imagine different things okay creative brain yeah so like if we would write summaries or whatever i would be able to write summaries because i would remember so writing was is another one but math is mostly like my my favorite i could do math Mm. all day every day (laughs) Mm. my next question is kind of linked to goal setting so when it comes to goals sometimes we achieve it sometimes we don't achieve it how do you what do you do when you you're able to achieve your goals like how do you react to that and how do you react when you're not able to achieve your goals achieving and not achieving so achieving my goals was something that how I would celebrate it basically would just be like good job you did it you have a next goal that you have to accomplish Um, because a lot of the goals that I've written down were little ones before it led up to the big one at the Mm. end so it would just be like okay good job, you accomplished something, what can you fix for that next goal? So that's basically how I would reward myself. I mean, unless you, we can reward ourselves multiple different ways with food, with a high five, with a hug, with, you know, amazing vacation or something. But it's not always that way for a lot of us because we only have such a short amount of time before our next competition. Hmm. Um if I didn't achieve a goal, I mean, yes, it was, it was very heartbreaking. It was kind of like, oh man, like what, what could I have I done better or what did I do wrong? And so then I would look on that and then I would be like, okay, that goal that I didn't achieve is just long gone. It's in the past. Forget about it. It's time to figure out how I can achieve this next one. I'm super intrigued about when you don't reach um your goals so you mentioned that you know you have to get over it mentally but do you reflect that i do you um do you journal um maybe you know 
your your failures or your successes is is journaling part of your journey i've never journaled before um but i know a lot of people who have okay and they said that it it's worked it's worked for them in multiple different ways um mm. for me i just try to i guess i can say i journal it in my head okay yeah um to where it's like i just check the things off that i know i did wrong or what i didn't do and mm. make sure like like you said, do if they write down the failure, or if they write down the goal, or whatever. That's mm. kind of what I do to my head. Is like I know it's in my head, but as long as I continue to go further, yeah, push into what I want to do and not take steps back, then that failure achievement that I did or prior to gets further and further away to where I don't, okay. I yeah. don't remember it. Okay. What would you say is the biggest challenge you've had? My biggest challenge is coaching situations. Um, I had a big coach situation back in 2017. Um, she was not a very good coach towards the end. Um, she did, I do have to say, like, she did bring me to where um, I wasn't till 2017, where I was able to, like, I'm, I'm the athlete. She made me the athlete I am today, basically. Yeah. Um, but she was, she was verbally abusive and I had to go through that at a young age and it was very, very tough. I couldn't really comprehend what was happening because I was really young until I got older and I found out that she was verbally abusive and it got so bad to where sometimes things now will sometimes trigger me and it gets like really deep down and I'm just like, why does that happen? Um, but yeah, that was the biggest challenge, which is crazy because like I feel like a lot of people be like, oh, it's like injuries or physical or something like that. But mine is coaching. Interesting. Um, so I did read about that. W w would you say that was the catalyst for why you was on the brink of quitting? Yes, that was. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, she put me. So basically through that whole time period, I don't know. Um, if you can visualize this, but when I was going through that time period, I was, it was like, I was sitting in a box and all I can see were black walls mm. and there was no light at all, like yeah. zero light. Yeah. And it was mm. a constant everyday thing. And I couldn't get past the wall, no matter how hard I tried to figure out what was going on or if I needed help or whatever. So that was just something that I had to figure out and push through basically yeah. um, because it was it was a terrifying situation that must have had an impact on your confidence at the time it did confidence was something that I had lack of not because of me going out there and competing or anything like that it was just I don't want to disappoint her what's going to happen what's she going to tell me that's yeah. where all the confidence just it died down Okay, so I guess on the plus side, um, talk about the impact of you changing coaches and how did it help you, uh, I guess, get back that um, that confidence and getting you back to the elite talent that you are? Well, yes, I found amazing coaches, um, Laurent and Cecile. They are in Texas. They are so amazing. Um, Cecile actually helped me in a way to get my confidence back. Um, she, everybody like 
I found the love of the sport all over yeah. again. And it was something that was lost long ago. And so now that I found it back again, I'm able to enjoy the moments and just be able to get coached. I was scared at first. I was scared to get coached because I was like, I don't know what's going to happen because of the past situations I've had. So mm. I had to tell myself, like, just let go, relax, and enjoy what's going to happen. And so that's what I did. And so I gained my confidence back. I gained my trust back in being coached. I gained being able to have teammates and all that. So I was able to actually find a new path and a new way for me to enjoy doing gymnastics. My next question is kind of linked to social media. So some of some of the guests we've had on in the past have come from our older generation where when they started, there was no social media. Yeah. So how has it been like for you that during your career from the start, there's been social media? And with that, has there been ever been times where maybe some of the comments have 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 triggered triggered thoughts in terms of bad comments um social media i don't like social media in general so even at a young age i really didn't like i wasn't on it um when i was younger my mom controlled like my instagram and twitter and all that and so it was like stuff that she would see she wouldn't tell me so I didn't really know if there were any bad or negative comments but now that I have my own stuff because I'm older um I call them bully bots I really don't care what you say I don't care if you're gonna try to get underneath my skin or whatever no matter what you say or what I see or what I hear I know who I am as a person and I'm just gonna continue on with my life because I have more in my life than listening or reading your tweet of you just sitting on the couch because you have nothing else to do. So when I say they're bully bots, I just think of it as a way of they wish they can do what we're doing, but either they can't or they just want to sit there and do nothing because that's their living. So I really don't pay attention to it. I control like what I say. I mean, yes, there's a bunch of times that I wish I've gone on Twitter and just went off on people, but I'm not that type of person because then that's how you know they're going to know, oh, I got underneath their skin, let's keep doing it. So I just let it be aside and I just continue on with my days. I'll delete them, I'll block them, I'll do whatever I need to do, but I don't really pay attention. You just triggered something in my mind and um, it's rather self-control for yourself. So I see social media as the modern day Dear Diary. So growing up, Dear Diary, you can just write all your thoughts about, I saw you can F and blind, and it's only you can see unless your your mum finds it accidentally. But how do you control when you're not having a good day? So you haven't been triggered by any bully bots, but it's just your feeling. How do you ensure that, you don't tweet something or Instagram something accidentally before you do, before you have to delete. Like how do you, um, I guess, yeah, what, what is your self-control? A lot of the time I draw for my okay. feelings. Yeah. So sometimes like if I'm sad or if I'm bad or whatever, I'll just go mm. draw or I'll go on the computer, look outside, do something that gets my mind off of what's happening. Yeah. Um, I haven't had that happen yet, considering that no bully bot has triggered me in that way. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but if I did, that's what I would do. Okay. Um, I mean, 
I've had situations with um, tweets about other people that I'm just like, I'll, a lot of the time I'll just say, why? Like, mm. why are you in that mood just to bring that person down? Like, your negative yeah. energy isn't going to help anybody. It's only helping yourself, making you feel worse. Mm. Explain to us the thoughts that went through your mind when you were at the Olympics. Oh my goodness. There were so many things going on through my head. Like so many things. Um, I don't even know where to start. I literally was like, I had five personalities that were going through. I had like a little kid. I had superhero. I had, oh, let's just make snow. Like there's just so many things going on through my head. Um, I do have to say it was an amazing experience though. That experience was something that I'll never forget. And that I definitely would do it again because it was a cool situation that i'm happy that i was able to accomplish uh the bond that we had the culture out there i would say tintin recommend if you're trying to go to tokyo just to go to tokyo go because Mm. it's amazing out there i love it um but yeah it was a great experience i was watching an interview on you and um you were i think the last to perform so and your team so yeah you was the last performer and you and you was mentioning how you know how nervous you were um Mm -hmm. so during that time so just before you was to go out and do your routine what exercises what mental exercises were you doing to keep your your mind neutral at that point i think i was just like you just have to go out there and have fun because <laughs> everything like that day, everything was just thrown at us at different directions, but I knew I had a job that needed to be done. So most of the time I'll imagine, like I'll do imagery um, or visions. So I like yeah. close my eyes and I'll go through my routine just to make sure. And whatever the outcome is, I know that's how I'm going to perform it. So that's what I do. Or, you know, I just breathe in and breathe out and, just enjoy and take skill by skill. It's just like walking, you know, you just walk along the side of the sidewalk and just hope you don't trip or hope you don't hit a rock or whatever. You just take it nice and slow. So that's what I do in my routines. Okay. And how was the feeling when you went back home? Because I know for a lot of a lot of um, people that went to the games, they get the Olympic blues. How, how did you feel? Was it like, oh, I'm back? <laughs> Explain. <laughs> no, actually, I was actually, I was happy and sad, yes. Mm. Um, but I think it was more so I was happy because we didn't have our family. We didn't mm. have fans. We were literally stuck in a hotel room almost the, like literally the whole entire time because we had so many COVID protocols we had to follow. So I think that's the only reason why I was happy that I was home because I got to see my family. I got to be able just to be in my bed and be able just to spend time with people that weren't there. Um, the sad part is we were home. I mean, Tokyo was a great experience. That's once in a lifetime thing you'll ever get is to be at an Olympic Games. So that that was the sad part. Okay. So I'm super intrigued on how you deal with the 
pressure maybe yeah we could let's just call it no expectations so let's let's start from so you as a, again let's go back you were a precocious talent you've gone through the ranks and these that you've got these expectations and they are heightened everybody's expecting you personally whether you're part of a team or not but specifically you everybody knows you are an elite talent so there are expectations so knowing that there are expectations on yourself but equally the external factor of the media and and the fans etc and everyone around the world how do you and let's be honest you know you're you're, you're still in the, the the infant um stage of your career how are you dealing with that how are you dealing with that burden on your shoulder on your shoulders rather Expectation and pressure, I believe, are the worst thing in anybody's life. <laughs> Only because, like, I don't understand why people expect so many things out of just one person, hmm. knowing that they have other things in their life that are going on. So giving the fact that putting a, such a hard expectation or putting so much pressure or just even nagging and pulling at different things throughout their whole lifespan doesn't mm. make sense at all to me at all but when it comes to that i don't pay attention like with social media i don't pay attention to the expectation <laughs> pressure because a lot of the time it's me i'm the one doing it i'm the one that's going out there and doing it like you're not out there doing a minute 30 balance beam routine or a minute floor minute 30 floor routine or running down towards a non-moving object like you're not doing any of those things that we're doing so putting expectations and having us be like basically like your video game that doesn't make any sense like you can't play a video game and hope that each move that you do in mortal Kombat you're gonna hit the person like that mm. it doesn't work like that you know mm-hmm. so when it comes to that i just don't i don't pay attention i get so many um Instagram things or tweet, Twitter notifications like you should have done this or you should have done this. Like, okay, I ha- I performed how I wanted, how I was supposed to perform. I performed. I went out there and did what I needed to do. I can't control the outcome. I can't control what's happening then. I can't control what's happening after. I just can mm-hmm. only control what's happening in that moment. Okay. So that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> and in terms in terms of the mindset. What would you say you have gained that you didn't have, let's say, five years ago? Um, the mindset, knowing that you need to be able to speak out and understand what you want for yourself. So I wasn't, I used to be, like how my thoughts used to be were in a big, humongous rocket ship. And every single time somebody would trigger it, a missile would go off. And so, um, and it'd be at the wrong times. Like it would be at the wrong times. I might get mad at somebody for no reason. Like it was just really bad. And so when I started speaking out about it and telling people what was going on, I realized that my demeanor and who I was, I started relaxing and enjoying what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And so that's basically, it's basically how my mind works. And that's when I realized, oh, this is a, like, this is mentally, like, this isn't, like I was mentally abused. Like it was really, really bad. And I didn't realize it until 2018, 2019. And it just got to a point to where 
people would have to tell me, like, Jordan, calm down. It's okay. I'm like, but I'm not even mad. Like, why am I? Like, you know, it was just those type of moments. Um, but, yeah, now that I understand it, I, like, definitely take everything into consideration. Like, I went to a sports psychologist to help me. I went to being able just to tell, like, just to relax. And I would tell myself, like, relax, enjoy, just continue what you're doing because there's more to the world than there is in that moment. So I'm going to read a quote um, that I got from an article um, from yourself. So hopefully they quoted you correctly. Um, it's, I discovered that gymnastics doesn't always have to be about strictness and being so hard on yourself and having so much doubt. So if you were to speak in front of 110-year-olds, um, how would you break down what that quote meant and what advice would you be giving them? The world of gymnastics is, isn't supposed to be all about you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that. That's what I mean by being strict. Mm. There's a lot of rules in the gymnastics books that you have to follow, in, which is understandable because it's like every sport. You have to follow the rule book. Like you have to follow yeah. the sports book, basically. Um, but it doesn't have to be to a, a point where you're tearing little kids' minds out and they're just like basically robots like that's not how it's supposed to be so that's where the strictness parts comes to it, into it um the doubt you shouldn't doubt anything you're in this sport for a reason if you love this sport have fun with it you shouldn't be in there doubting oh my gosh what am i going to do now or what i'm missing out on this if you're missing out on it truly think about what you're doing truly think about if you really want to do this sport. if you really want to be able to pursue something that's as big as what you're doing now or if you want to do something else there's little bits and pieces of little things throughout your yourself that you can discover and that you may or may not know um so yeah that's that's like the strictness and like the doubt of everything you just yeah. i always think of it you, you just have to have fun with it cuz it's it's not fun when I'm going back to the video game thing, that's what I always think. Like we're not mm. in a video game. We are still human. We still have lives. We're, we shouldn't be controlled by so many things that it makes us literally look like we're in a video game. Mm. How important is your support network to you? Oh my gosh, my support is like a hundred percent. Like they've been, my circle is really tiny. Ever since I found out about what happened to me like with the whole mental everything my circle is really tiny um from my parents all the way down to my nieces they just are such a huge support system i mean even my support system on instagram and all that like my fans and everything they support me in a hundred million different ways and i just love it so much i don't think i can say like proud is understatement like i can't even say i'm proud of being able to have that such a huge support system. I love it so much. I would, I wish I could say thank you to every single one of them because I wouldn't be where I am right now if it wasn't for them. Okay. Um, so I read that you had a, a wrist injury. So during that time, how did you deal with being on the sidelines and, and wanting to compete? How did you keep your mind off um, competing whilst you were um, recuperating? Um, it was, so actually, 
I didn't even have to go through that because COVID hit. (laughs) (laughs) um, But if I did, I probably wouldn't pay attention to, I should be out there. I should be doing this. I'd pay attention to, okay, I know I missed a season, but I need to get stronger. I need to go to physical therapy. I need to do this. I need that in order to be able to be ready for the next season if I was in that situation. Okay. Has there ever been a time when you're competing and your mind just goes blank? Like you forget about the whole competition? Yes. Yeah. I that's happened. It was actually this year. It was at trials, Olympic trials. I did not know what happened. I think it was just cuz I was so overwhelmed and so excited that I accomplished something so huge. Yeah. And it was just like wow, what did I do? That's what I said after the competition. I was just like, what did I do? Like, I don't know what I did. Okay. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your 24-24 season. So how do you deal with that in the sense that does it increase your confidence or in terms of competition after competition, it adds more pressure onto you? Um. What side of the spectrum um, are you on? Uh, like, what do you mean? What side of the spectrum? Yeah, so, so when when so when you're really really consistent and you're yes. you're competing well, yes. um, for some athletes it it makes them almost quote unquote delusional, where they just feel like this is their level and they cannot. Um, go off it and they will maintain that standard mm-hmm. forever mm-hmm. comparatively you have some athletes where it gets to a stage where it just adds more pressure to them mm-hmm. and then they have to find kind of I guess mental methods where they have to almost neutralize their brain so where where do you stand does it just um do you, does it spur you on and you just get super confident or did, did it get to a stage of the season where it's, do you know what? I'm actually super consistent. I don't want to, but it, it adds a little bit of pressure to you. So actually for the whole 24-24 thing, I didn't know that until my last competition before I went out mm. to the Olympics. Okay. okay. And so somebody told me, no, my mom told me, she was like, you hit 24 for 24. And I was like, what? 24 for 24, what? And she's like, you've been consistent this whole year. And I was like, oh, well. So basically, before I even knew that, I wasn't even paying attention to how many routines I hit or how many routines I didn't hit. I was Mm. just out there making sure I was performing in a good way to be able to be put on to the Olympic team. Yeah. Um, It didn't hit me until I was at the Olympics and I messed up and I was like, oh, man, my streak. Like, I was being sarcastic sarcastic (laughs) about it, but I was like, oh, man, my streak. Like, I messed it up. It's okay. (laughs) But... I didn't, I didn't really pay attention to me being like, oh, at 24, 24, now I have to go and make sure I hit all the other routines and did it. Like, yeah. mistakes happen, things happen. You can't control mm. what happens after that. So mm. I was just happy that I was consistent the whole year. Mm. What are some of the future goals that you have? Future goals? Um, I mean, I go off to college in December. So... I go off to UCLA and I want to hopefully bring back an NCAA title for them 
for the next um, four years and see how everything does. I think it'd be really cool. And I have a lot of things that are high up in the air right now. Um, mm. Worlds next year is one of them. I don't know. A lot of people have been asking me about 2024. So I'm not going to say anything about it, but those things are definitely high up in the air. Mm. Talk to us about the Gold Over America Tour. Gold Over America Tour is something that is like you'll never like miss ever. You should not miss it. Like, I mean, you should not miss it at all. Um, think of it as like a pop concert gymnastics spectacular. So there's going to be like LED lights. There's a bunch of pop hits that we dance to and flip to. So that's really cool. Um, we have the international and the U.S. side of um, Olympic team. So that's cool. So we have like Ellie Black from Canada and Melanie De Jesus from France. And then obviously you have me, Simone, Michaela, Grace, and Jade. And we have a lot of yeah. NCAA um, athletes out there as well. So it's really cool just to be able to go out there and have fun. It's like a show, like a, literally like a concert. It's really cool. Yeah. I was saying to Nathan, I would love to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's because we don't have anything like that. No, we don't have anything like that here, do we? No, no, not at all. No, we don't. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll go... Uh, I don't know. A lot of people have been asking about us going international, so... Yeah. That, that would be good. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Um... So how, how do you keep yourself energized? Because you've just come back from the Olympics. You've done very well. You've had the media who want to speak to you because you've done well. You've had a homecoming and now you're, you're on tour. How do you, how do, how, how do you stay energized? Um, I mean, I think it's just my personality. I'm okay. very, very like hyper and outgoing <laughs> and very, um, just out there. I love to yeah. be out there in the world and just enjoy what's been thrown at me and have fun with everything, you know? That's my favorite word, fun. Yes, yeah, yeah, have fun. You just yeah. need to have fun. I don't regret anything. I just want to live life because, you know, life is only so long when it comes yeah. to the world, you know, these days. You never know what can happen. So I just want to enjoy the experiences that I get thrown at me. Mm-hmm. This is my last question to you. So what would you say to someone who's who's trying to get into gymnastics that is the most important thing for them to have in their locker? Gymnastics is very hard. Don't go into it knowing that, oh, this is easy because it's not. Gymnastics has a lot of mental, physical, and emotional traits that are thrown at you in many different ways you don't know when they're going to come and you don't know what's going to happen when they do hit you so just enjoy whatever time being take it slow don't go too fast because it's you no one's in a rush you have like i said you have little bits and pieces that are connected to you that you can discover and if that's gymnastics discover it but just take it slow Okay. Um, I've got two more questions, two quick questions. So the first one is, um, you're known for your superhero themes, floor routines. Um, where did that come from? Like, um, tell us about how that started. Um, I, I love superhero movies, any superhero mm. movie I will watch. Um, I've always loved them ever since I was little. So it was something that I just 
can carried on into my gymnastics world. The first one I had was Wonder Woman, and everybody loved it. And I was like, okay, so if they love this Wonder Woman one, let's try something else. So <laughs> this last one I had was Spider-Man, which was really cool. And um, I think for Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman one was very, um, in that moment, I felt very empowered. And I felt strong, and I felt like I found something in me that I wish I would have found earlier in my career. And so that's where that one came from. And then Spider-Man he's unique. Um, and that's what I felt like I was just unique in many different ways. I had different talents that I found in myself throughout the whole time period of COVID and Black Lives Matter and everything that was just happening in that time period. So that's where I got Spider-Man from. Okay. Last question. Um, again, did a little bit of research and um, you've got a clothing. It's called Melanin, melanin Drip Clothing. Yes. Um, can you expl- explain that? Um, what inspired you to start it? And yeah, um, yeah, just talk a little bit so about Melanin it. So Melanin Drip Clothing Co. Um, yes, it's my own little brand that I have. Basically, it was during the time period of Black Lives Matter um, with George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all those devastating lives that were taken from us. And I didn't realize how much um, hate we had on us. And so it made me realize, look, I'm about to make a clothing line that resembles us in some type of way. Um, So the melanin part is basically your brown skin. You have um, little, you know, everybody has little bits and pieces of melanin in them. You just have to find it and empower it, basically. So uh, that's what I wanted the melanin, just to be like, you're in your own skin. Just do what you want to do because you're you're you for a reason and then the drip part i'm very swaggy i love swag i have like a whole sneaker collection and all this so i just add a little drip to it to make it like your own you can put your own little swag to everything okay jordan um how can anyone get in contact with you you can follow me at jordan childs on instagram um at Childs Jordan on Twitter or you can follow me on TikTok at Jordan Childs. Well yeah that was a that was a good one. Um Jordan all I can say is really, really, really thankful. Um a world class gymnast that we've had on and um yeah we're definitely as I said in the midst of greatness and congratulations on your silver medal and considering how many accolades you have achieved in your short time on this earth <laughs> i'm sure that silver medal will not be the last <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you so um yeah good luck for the um, rest of your career we will definitely be paying close attention to you and the team usa and yeah we're really really thankful okay guys if you are uh an original listener yes please continue to share um we are really really thankful we appreciate we are growing continue to share with others and guys until next time it's stay healthy and stay blessed